Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Why, yes, indeed, it is that time of your day. It is time for some Critical Thinking. Welcome into a WTF Wednesday. Yeah, we've got plenty of WTF moments to talk through, um, as we always do. Um we were going to talk up front, not about WTF moments, but about um, the some of the the sayings or teachings of Jesus Christ from the Bible. Um, because a lot of people look at the New Testament of the Bible, Pat, right? And they they see it as the Gospels of of the Apostles, right? You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, right? They see all of these things. Um, now. What most people don't realize is that these are stories told by these individuals or by others who wrote about those individuals, right? And what they don't realize is that inside of those things are actual quotations of things that Jesus Christ spoke to them, literally spoke to them. Right. And so I, I was uh, watching a show called The Catholic Talk Show, um, and, and they flashed a headline of the the top 10 things that Jesus Christ says in the Bible. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. Do, do, do we even understand that Jesus Christ actually spoke in the Bible? A lot of us believe that there are just stories of things that Jesus Christ did in the Bible. A lot of people miss. There are actual words and teachings of Jesus Christ, the things that he actually spoke that can be relevant to our lives. So I thought we were going to do that up front, but um, <clears throat> real life got in the way yesterday, so I didn't have time to kind of embark and go down the, the the rabbit hole of all 10 of these. So tomorrow, we're going to deep dive on the 10 things that Jesus Christ um, taught us in the Bible that are not just relevant, but also things that kind of seep into everyday life and everyday nomenclature um, in our lives. And I think it will be interesting to to take what these people talked about on the Catholic Talk Show and and get your thoughts on it, Pat. Number one, and then number two, um, you know, kind of kind of think about it for today's world, um, because my argument is that today's world is antithetical and um, not just antithetical, but um, hostile to anybody who dares to think from a faithful perspective, right? Yeah, I, I I would tend to agree with that. Now, today on the show, before we get into the WTF, before we get into the B or not, the B winning more of Dominic Izzo's totally legit MLM money, because we're not taking his real estate winnings. 
because because uh, because I don't know if he's even doing real estate anymore. But that having been said, what we're going to talk about up front is something similar to the the antithetical to a faithful life, and it's a word that I have or a phrase that I have brought up on this show in the past. It's also something that I talk about a little bit on today's edition of Reviving Liberty. Uh, we were a day late, not a dollar short on giving you Reviving Liberty. Uh, step number four comes your way today of the 10 steps on the path to Reviving Liberty. Um, we we're talking about being prepared, but I talk about being prepared in the perspective of let's look at where society is today and are we prepared to deal with being different from today's society? Are we prepared to understand the consequences of that being different? And more importantly, of actually fighting for liberty, actually wanting to revive liberty and what it could mean given where we are in today's culture. But I've termed the phrase in today's culture as the I wanna culture. And I talk about it from the perspective of I want to do whatever I want to do, right? But I do not want what? Consequences. And if consequences that are negative come my way from that action or that thing or whatever, right? If negative consequences come, it is somebody else's fault. It is everything around me's fault. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to get rid of that quote-unquote negative consequence. But Pat, I, I saw a former um, Iowa State basketball player, Royce White, um, speak on the news and why it matters yesterday. And I thought we I thought about grabbing that clip, and I did. And I want to get your thoughts on this, because they're talking about uh, being pro-life, being thoughtful, being different. Because Royce White, here's a newsflash for you, is black. And he is, in my money, one of the most thoughtful former athletes I have ever encountered. I don't always agree with him. I don't always have to agree with him. Um, but I, I find him fascinating because he really does deeply think about issues. And one of the issues that he is talking about or talked about in this show is abortion. And he came at it from a different perspective than a lot of people did. So I want to get your thoughts on this, Pat. Uh, here's Royce White talking to Sarah Gonzalez of uh, our, I should say, on the news and why it matters. If you think about it, too, they're basically saying I should only value this life if it's convenient for me. Mm -hmm. And even if it's convenient for me, if the child at all will have any trials or tribulations or any, you know, like they, we might be poor, uh, they just shouldn't have a life at all. We should just kill them. And that's because they believe that the only way to measure reality is suffering. Mm. And that's that's uh, your uh, Noah Yuval Harari school of thought yeah. is, is that it all boils down to suffering. And if, if any suffering, if I have to encounter any suffering in my life, Life, then uh, it's it's un it's unconscionable, and and it gives me the right to do anything to avoid the suffering. That's pretty much the Democrat or the leftist, progressivist, communist platform is whatever I can do to avoid suffering is justified. So, Pat, I wanted to get your initial thoughts, and then I'm going to go into something um, on my side. But your initial thoughts on what um, Royce White had to say in regards to this this whole I, this whole concept of the I want a society, because that's really what he's talking about, in my view. This is actually something I have thought of somewhat frequently, I suppose, um, as someone that is is wanting to become a dad. Um, and, and the phrase of, I want my kids to have better than what I ever had growing up. Right. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that your kids will not suffer, that your kids will not have challenges in life. In fact, they should. I actually, I actually really like this statement a lot because 
what I have thought about with this is, yes, I want my kids to have better than what I had growing up. I do. I generally, genuinely do. However, to say that my my children will not suffer and will not experience challenging times, hard times, however you would like to label it, is uh, a fallacy. There is nothing that I can do as a dad that is ever going to prevent my children from suffering through life. Um, now, he also mentioned that that the only way that they define it is is that you have to suffer. No, that's not true. Yes, you will have times where you will suffer and you will have hard times, things like that. But you also have very good times. You will have times of, of great joy, things that are worth remembering. Um, but you'll also have times of great pain that will also be worth remembering that make the times of joy worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so to me, what the, the, the idea that we are trying to protect our children from ever suffering is a wrong way to go. It's a bad way of parenting. Yeah. And, in, 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 you know, for our generation, right, it was the helicopter parent, right? This idea right. that we have to shield them from anything that could go wrong. And I'm not no. saying you, you have to, you know, uh, show them the suffering of the world all the time, right? I'm not saying right. that. But what and I am not... saying is that, that we have gone a complete 180, in so much as we we believe that li- leaving a better life or allowing our children to have that better life, if you were to have children, right, means that there is no suffering. No, 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 no. No. Leaving them a better life is giving them the tools to be able to overcome obstacles, suffering, all of those things. Giving them the tools to understand that not everything is going to go their way and how to cope when things don't go your way. What we see today in the I want a society is a complete and utter, just not even lack of coping skills. It is a complete and utter lack of understanding that the world doesn't revolve around them personally in the moment at that time. It's being there for them. It's it's coaching them through it. It's helping them through it. It's not doing it for them. Even though I think a lot of parents, you know, depending on what's going on, we all we all wish we could. Mm-hmm. You know that, that that is also part of being a good parent is is uh, wishing that you could take the pain away, but also understanding that that pain is going to help them grow into being someone truly great. So, no, I I want my children to suffer through some things and learn those from those those challenges but i also want to be there for them and to help them through it i mean those are two different things yeah exactly and in a great example of some of the things that i'm going through right now pat that you know of um in in the in my uh real estate life right i'm going through one of the most insane things i have ever seen but i don't choose to dwell on it from a perspective of woe is me or woe is my client, or woe is this, or woe is that. I choose to look at it from a perspective of, okay, how do I deal with this? How do I overcome this in the future? And more importantly, this is a fantastic learning experience of what not to do or how not to have other people act, right? I can control what I can control. I can control what I can advise people to do in these situations, and that's it. But it comes from having that inner understanding that not everything is going to go your way and having the ability to say, okay, so how do I deal with it? Let's not freak out totally. Let's understand that there could be some negatives, but let's try to be creative. Let's try to think through things and let's try to think through a perspective that will allow us to come out the other side better for it. Um. Now, I also wanted to take away one thing, Pat. Did you notice the name that he dropped in this interview? I don't remember it now. What was the name again? So he said Noah Yuval Harari. He got that I've part backwards. That it's Yuval mm-hmm. Noah Harari. Whom is Yuval Noah Harari to you, Pat? I don't know that he's anything to me. Oh, 
Well, um, do you remember me playing the clips of the guy who was at the World Economic Forum talking about um, basically depopulating the world and how um, it's humans that have guy. to die? It's, it's that, guy. that guy. Yeah. He is the uh, the Jewish, and I use that term very, very lightly because he's ethnically Jewish, not religiously Jewish in any way, shape, or form. But he's a Israeli public intellectual, and um, he is the one who has that humanistic, if you will, perspective, right? The, he is the modern-day thinker from the Margaret Sanger, you know, George... Um, uh, what was his name? Bernard Shaw. Um, model of humans suck, life sucks, um, everybody die perspective, right? And um, that tells you a lot about what and how much Royce White is thinking, right? It tells you a lot that he is thinking way ahead of most people. How did we get a, a Yuval Noah Harari? How did that happen? It's because we live in a society that has this belief system at its core. If you were to talk about people who shout their abortion, people who are in this, I don't even know how to put it into words, but they are the most militant of the abortion supporters, right? If you actually sat down and got to the core of their belief system, you would find Yuval Noah Harari in the, the, the humanistic approach. And ultimately, I think this is important for people to understand because a lot of us in the pro-life movement, a lot of people that are listening that are pro-life, likely cannot wrap their heads around the pro-abortion argument. And here's why. Because it's not just about abortion. It's about a worldview. And that worldview is something we cannot understand, nor should we, frankly, be able to understand it because we come from a perspective that is 180 degrees different. You wonder how we've gotten to this separation that we feel in America. It is not political. It is not your politicians trying to drive us apart or use issues as wedge issues and and uh, drum up their base while um you know, doing something to another. It is not that. That is, if you hear anybody on your radio, anybody in your podcast um, feed, anybody that you watch on YouTube or Rumble, talk to you about this is a wedge issue or the politicians did this or no, 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 no. It is world view. How do, how do we get to a point where Pete Buttigieg, by the way, Pat, is outpolling Joe Biden. How do we get to a point in which Pete Buttigieg needs two months off for <clears throat> parental leave uh, or paternity leave when they adopted a baby? I, and and he is leading Joe Biden in New Hampshire, New Hampshire, polling for 2024. How do we get into a world in which Kamala Harris is the vice president one step away from the presidency of the United States of America? How do we get to the things that we've heard and seen from the left today? How do we get there? We get there because it is a worldview difference. And it's not about them wanting to use an issue as a wedge issue. It's not about the left or the right trying to use issues. It is about the left and the right or more importantly, the people who actually have worldviews, not understanding the other worldview, because you can't. It is impossible. You can understand maybe what they're saying, right? You can look at the words that are on the screen or in the books or whatever, right? But you cannot wrap your head around. You could not. From a critical thinking perspective, Pat, can I make the pro-abortion argument? Yes, I can make their argument, but I can't feel it. It, it. it would violate everything that you are. Right, because it is a worldview difference. 
there is a difference between being able to make the argument the other side is making and actually deeply understanding and believing in that. That belief, that fervent belief, comes from worldview. It does. It's the same thing from the pro-life side of things. We have one worldview, they have another. In in the in oh, the abortion issue, the Roe versus Wade issue, whatever issue is existing in our society right now comes down, boils down to that worldview. And if you dig down and have the conversation with the other side, it is not ever actually about the issue in front of you. It is about how they see the world. How do we get to a point in time where somebody is heading up the World Economic Forum that believes people should die? Um, they believe that technology should make human life not just easier, right? But um, make us less worried about populating the earth. That's They don't come at this from a perspective of how does this improve life? They come at it from a perspective of how does this change life? Those are two different worldviews, right? They're one believes it is about life. The other believes about changing. One believes about life. The other is death. From a humanistic perspective, when you talk about uh, the 21 lessons for the 21st century or uh, the book Sapiens or Homo Deus, the books that you uh, Noah or excuse me, Yuval Noah Harari has written. They come at it from a humanistic perspective. For instance, Pat, he is a vegan. Did you know that? He's also married to a dude. That why is part of his worldview, right? Yeah. Oh, how does he come from? How does he get to? I don't. A, I don't value life. It comes from the fact that he has a worldview that has no value on moving life forward at all. He doesn't believe that procreation is in his best interest, right? But he comes from his veganism, Pat, because he realized about the separation. Now, this is probably the sickest part of the humanistic perspective. He came one day to the realization that he couldn't take the pain of having to separate the mother from the calf. And the dairy industry is about separating the mother from the calf for the production of human consumption. He is a very strange and weird dude. There's no question about that. You just let him talk, and he will let you know that. But I want you to think about that. He has deep-rooted feelings about what? Animals... In the separation of mother and child and, and the deep, deep bonds. But he wants you to depopulate the world. Screw you. Don't have children. Um, animal children are so something that he has deep-rooted feelings about, but F the humans. This is worldview. This is I want a culture. This is I want a I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to do this. I want to marry a dude. I want to do this. I want to do that. But you don't think through or don't like the consequences. Right? I want to, I want to, I want to. Oh, wait, something bad happened? That's your fault. Um, we have to depopulate the world because we're, we're harming animals. We have to depopulate the world because this is happening or that is happening or global warming or this or that or... Or we're, we have to perfect humanity. It comes from a worldview perspective that is 180 degrees different than us. Right, Pat? Am I, am I way off base or am I hitting the nail on the head or somewhere in between? Please let me know. Well, you, you just said something interesting. You, you just mentioned the idea of perfecting humanity. That's what the how, humanistic how, perspective is. Right. And they so, believe that because we have populated the world, Pat, because how, we have populated it so bad. Sorry. How do, you, how do you perfect humanity, though, if you don't believe in 
progressing human life? That's a very good question. See, because they see the progression of human life as the perfection of the individual. You have to be a perfect individual. This is how Uh you get George Bernard Shaw. This is how you get Margaret Sanger. This is how you get eugenicists. This is how you get the Nazi movement. This is how you get all of these things. When you believe that perfecting the individual, that you are perfectible. And for you and I, Pat, because we believe in God, that we believe in a Christian faith, if you will, whether some people believe Mormonism is Christianity or not, or same thing with Catholicism, right? We believe in a worldview that says man is only perfectible if they're dead. The only perfection of yourself is in death. You can strive to be a more perfect person, but you will never become perfect. It is impossible to obtain perfection of you. But but if they are if they are about perfecting humanity, mm-hmm. how do you have the chance to perfect humanity or your own individual humanity mm-hmm. if they believe that you shouldn't be alive? I'm not disagreeing with you. Their their argument would be that we have too many human beings to be able to help you perfect yourself. So therefore, once we depopulate the world and we go back to uh, the population of 500 years ago, right? Like we've heard people talk about this this past week. Uh-huh. That's how you get there, right? Now that we now that we have the a more agrarian society, we can focus in on perfecting perfecting yourself through meditation, through all the things, the crazy ass things that you've all know Harari does in his own life. Hey, man, go for it. Do what you want to do, but. But your do what you want to do ends when your do what you want to do affects what I do. So what 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 you're really saying is they want to perfect humanity by killing off part of humanity because there's too much of humanity to perfect the current humanity. <laughs> and yep. and so and so so basically their 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 answer is we only want to perfect certain individuals. So Correct. it's not, not even really, really, really at the end of the day, it's not about perfecting humanity in and of itself. It's about perfecting people who believe in what they believe. You are correct. You are a hundred percent correct in that, that this is the humanistic approach. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's why I think it's important for people to understand that the chaos that you're feeling, the, the things that you're feeling is coming from the fact that, we have two competing worldviews in, in society, one that believes in life and liberty, one that believes that life means freedom, and another that means life means death. They might not see it that way. I'm coming from my perspective. I cannot, and I'm honest in this, I cannot, I can make their arguments, but I can't feel their argument, Right. I cannot it's, because my worldview is antithetical to that. And at some point in time, there comes and there will come this ultimate battle of these worldviews. It has to happen. It, it Not only is it antithetical, though, it's also hypocritical. We know that from we our perspective. They, mm-hmm. they don't see it as hypocritical. And that's the thing that you have to understand. How do we get to the... I want a society that believes in individual choice and damn the consequences, but also collective guilt, collective, um, you know, um, you, you get to the, you know, white people bad or, you you know, the 1619 project and, and all of those. How do we get there? How do we get to I want a society, but but also it's everybody else's fault. It, it's, it's, it's this the society of it's the society of I want my cake and eat it, too. It's the society of I want to do whatever I want to do, but with no moral compass. That, that, that's how you get here. Right. And it's also the I wanna I wanna have my cake and eat it too, but only if that cake tastes good, right? Right. And if the and if it's something that I don't like because of what I chose, somebody else's fault. Everything around me's fault. Da, 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 
We have no personal responsibility. We are not a society that believes in personal responsibility and preparedness. And that's why when we have this argument in the pro-life versus pro-abortion movement, right, when lots of people now, thankfully, are coming from this perspective that I do. And it's very simple. You want to be pro-choice. Well, the choice was to engage in an action, and and that action has pleasure, could also result in pain, could also result in um, venereal diseases, could also result in pregnancy, could also result in a whole host of things. And if you are not prepared to think through whether or not you want any of these things to happen to you, do you ask your partner, do you, are you clean, right? Do you do these things? No, most of society does not. Now, you know, you and I being married, that's a very different story. But for the larger society, they're not asking these questions. Why is monkeypox still spreading in the United States of America? Why? Because people refuse to engage and stop engaging for a modicum, a small amount of time in an act that literally would stop monkeypox from spreading. Literally would. Stop having gay orgies in bathhouses for two weeks. It's called trinoacetol. Right. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> um, the other portion of that is you are the same bleeping people that told the entire world to shut down for two weeks, 15 days to flatten the curve, right? We all had to collectively sacrifice you can't personally sacrifice? Right? You, you can't make a personal sacrifice? More importantly, your pleasure is more important than the rest of humanity. And I'm not suggesting that they were right in their 15 days to flatten the curve. What I am suggesting here, Pat, is that those people who did this are now unwilling to sacrifice when it is literally themselves that could save this, that could change this. They want everybody else to sacrifice. They don't want to sacrifice. I am not suggesting they were right to suggest that everybody else sacrifice. I firmly believe that we were right to not because the science, the data, all of the things that we could look at, because my perspective always has been this. If if those things would have worked, they were worth the sacrifice because we could have stopped hundreds of thousands of or millions of people from dying, right? That's right. probably worth the effort for 15 days. However, when we knew from the very get-go that it wouldn't work, we should have stopped. When it became 30 days to slow the spread, when it became this, when it became that, when it became this, when you asked our children to sacrifice their education for your personal fear, and I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole. My whole point in this is that they want the collective sacrifice, but they don't want any personal responsibility or sacrifice. And I talk wholeheartedly about that. And it's about being prepared, right? Have, having those thoughts and conversations with a partner before you engage in an act. Hey, um, do you believe in this or do you believe in contraceptive or or and if you don't, then I'm not comfortable doing this action. They don't want to take the extra 15, 20 seconds to have that conversation. It's all about the self-gratification. Damn the consequences until those consequences come and then it's everybody else's fault. And oh, oh shit, now I can't have an abortion. Well, guess what? You engage in in an act in which there is a consequence for it, and shit, that consequence is something you should have thought through. And by the way, it's a great gift to humanity. It is a life. Andrew perspective. I, I do believe that you just went completely misogynistic by forcing women to have children and you went completely bigoted against gay men because you you're you're asking them to uh not have sex for a certain amount of time. Let me be clear, I'm also asking straight men and straight mm-hmm. women 
if they're not ready to take on the responsibility of having a baby and they're not willing to <clears throat> um, use birth control mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to wait for this, Pat, stop mm. engaging in that act. You, you, you are such a bigot and a xenophobe. Might as well throw racist in there, too. Um, you know, in just, the words of Matt Gates, above. who I don't really like, be offended. Did you see that? Yes, <laughs> answer I did. To that interview. One of yeah, one of the most a hole things, but also, yeah, okay. So He's what? Not You're necessarily wrong. So what? Be offended. I don't. I don't, I don't care. Kind of love that response. Don't like the guy who gave the response. Uh, but but here's the thing. I actually get to thinking about that too, and we don't need to go down this rabbit hole. But it, it's it's are what are we not offended enough? Maybe we need to be more offended. In general, so that we actually learn something. Mm. I don't know if we could have a society that is all offended by things more than than right now. Everything is offensive. Except for things that are the truth. The truth Mm -hmm. is never offensive. Let me be clear about that. The truth is never offensive. The truth can sting. It can hurt. That doesn't mean it's offensive. Hmm. And I firmly believe the truth is the most loving thing that you can do. Giving somebody the truth, whether they want to receive it, whole different ballgame. Now, with that out of the way, Pat, um, it is time for us to play the B or not the B. Are you ready? I, I was born ready. All right. Lay that headline on me, Mr. Patoni. All righty, then. Pope prepares for meeting with Elizabeth Warren. Pope prepares for meeting with Elizabeth Warren. Is this the B or not the B? Andrew Coppins, while you're thinking about that, folks, if you haven't yet, you need to go to Reviving Liberty. Uh, Normally, we would have the uh, next episode up yesterday, but uh, cut Andrew some slack, would you? He's a busy man. Got a lot going on. Um, This week's episode is to be prepared. Um, There are five other episodes that are currently out. This is running through the election. This is, folks, a a great way to get you on a path to start reviving liberty around this country. This is not meant to be something that is more than one man's manifesto of of how to do that. Um, This is giving you suggestions, steps, principles, tactics of how to revive liberty, starting with yourself individually your own family, then your own community, and, and, and scaling up from there. This is not about trying to enforce one way of life on on another person. Um, that would be absolutely con- con- contrary to what we're trying to do with Reviving Liberty. So if you haven't yet, go to revivingliberty.com or wherever your favorite podcasts are played, and then share it far and wide because that is how – we, we spread the blaze that is liberty across this country and how we revive liberty across this country is by spreading it far and wide. So go to revivingliberty.com or wherever your favorite podcasts are played. Share it far and wide today. Pope prepares for a meeting with Elizabeth Warren. Is this the B or not the B? Andrew Coppins, your answer. Um, I would... Wonder why the Pope would want to meet with Elizabeth Warren because she's not Catholic, first of all. Um, but I could I see mean, this actually happening. Okay. So I'm going to go with this being not the B. Are you sure? No, but I, I somehow, some way, they shared the 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 leftist uh, philosophies. So I'm going to go with not the B. Well, you just cost us some of uh, Dominic Izzo's Ponzi scheme money once again. This is the Babylon Bee. Washington, D.C. Pope Francis doomed a or donned a traditional Cherokee Indian headdress this week in preparation for a meeting with Native American Congresswoman Elizabeth Warren. It is time for the Catholic Church to apologize for what we did to the indigenous people, and I think Senator Warren's tribe may be ready to hear what I have to say, said the Pope. Catholics' brutal practice of adopting orphan children from the Stone Age tribes that practice cannibalism and human sacrifice is horrible. 
To make matters even worse, we even educated these orphan children in ways of the Catholic Church. This is unforgivable. Sources close to Warren says she's ready to accept the Pope's apology on behalf of her people. Her, the ceremonial reconciliation will take place over a peace pipe and a warm bowl of powwow chow from Warren's famous indigenous cookbook. I look forward to accepting the Pope's apology for the church's role in residential schools, said Warren, but I hope he will also unite with me against the new enemy, pregnancy centers. <laughs> By the way, speaking of that, did you see the um, the Alibeth Stucky um, um, mockumentary of uh, the the dastardly pregnancy centers? Did you see that? I, I, I saw part of it. And, oh, my God. And it's hilarious. By the way, she is hysterical. She's um, great right now. She is on you know, she's, absolute she's awesome. fire. Yeah. Um, by the way, so on that note, too, with, with Ali Beth Stucky, uh, there, there was one of my very far leftist old high school teachers um, yesterday said uh, to all of my my men in, on my Facebook feed, name one one woman that you admire that you are not friends or in a relationship with and and why i put ali best ducky interesting so that's an interesting choice mm -hmm. very interesting she, um, she was actually the first person that came to mind for me so yeah yeah i haven't really thought through that that would be an interesting uh interesting uh way to go but anyway um <laughs> She's a very principled individual. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 100%. So. 100%. Um, yeah. All right. Now, with all of that out of the way, Pat, uh, are you ready for the insanity to ensue, for us to get out the, the craziness? Are, are you ready? Because it is a WTF Wednesday upon us. All right. So I'm going to give you some options. To start okay. this WTF Wednesday off. Do you want to talk about drugs? Do you want to talk about CNN? Or do you want to talk about the Biden-Harris administration? You know, we talk about the Biden-Harris administration all the time. And I feel like we, we mock CNN quite a bit. So I'm going to go with recreational pharmaceuticals. Not so much recreational pharmaceuticals. <laughs> but I've got two headlines when it comes to this, Pat. <clears throat> Are you ready okay. for this? Let's do it. This from the Daily Wire. <clears throat> FDA officials warn of brain swelling, vision loss, and minors using puberty blockers. Yay! Everybody's trans. Everybody's trans today. Is that your new hit single? Yeah. That's my follow-up to the everything. Everyone's racist. racist. Yeah. Everybody's racist. Everything is racist today. It's now everybody's trans. Everybody's trans today. Puberty blockers known as jondotrypin releasing hormones, GNRH substances, <clears throat> received a warning from the U.S. FDA officials earlier this month saying the drug could cause brain swelling, loss of vision, and serious risk for children injecting the hormone. Officials said a plausible association between using pu puberty blockers and pseudo pseudotumor cerebri, which displays symptoms similar to a brain tumor, was identified in six young girls between the ages of five and 12. Five were undergoing treatment for central uh, precocious puberty and one for transgendered care. The FDA official reports. The onset of pseudotumor cerebri symptoms ranged from 3 to 240 days after GnRH antagonist initiation. So basically, after the first shot. Such symptoms in the patients included visual disturbances, headaches, and vomiting. Other effects of GnRH antagonists caused <clears throat> were an increase in blood pressure, brain swelling, and adipocene's neuropathy. Neuropathy, Pat! A spokesperson for the FDA told Formulaerly Watch, 
the cases were considered clinically serious and determined that a warning should be added to all GNRH and taken this product approved for pediatric patron patients. Meanwhile, Pat, we had what last week? The Undersecretary of Health and Human Services, Dick Levine. I mean, Rachel, I mean, Dick Levine. <clears throat> tell us that um, we need puberty blockers. We need gene therapy and blah, blah, blah. We need all of these things, right? For these young kids because um, suicide. <clears throat> Brain tumors or deal with the mental issues? Brain tumor or ment mental help? Hmm. Maybe just maybe we um, shouldn't mess with God's creation that way. Just maybe. Just maybe. Am I missing something here? Lock these people up in the deepest dungeons of hell and throw away the key. Now, speaking of that, Pat, <clears throat> I have another one of your recreational drug phenomenal headlines for you. I, I, I'm regretting this choice. Um, go ahead and lay it on me. This isn't really a recreational drug either, though, Pat. <clears throat> Criminal investigation launched into the maker of Alzheimer's drug that's right. Criminal investigation launched into the maker of the Alzheimer's drug. This broke this morning, Pat. The U.S. Department of Justice has reportedly launched a criminal investigation into a manufacturer of an Alzheimer's drug over allegations the company fabricated research findings for the drug. Federal prosecutors' investigation into cassava sciences centers around whether the company defrauded investors, government agencies, or consumers, according to Reuters. The investigation comes after a bombshell report was published last week in Science Magazine about how key images from one of the most cited research papers on Alzheimer's disease this century might have been intentionally fabricated, throwing off years and hundreds of millions of dollars worth of taxpayer-funded research into the seventh leading cause of death in the United States of America. Matthew Schrag, a neuroscientist and physician at Vanderbilt, stumbled upon the controversial study while investigating an experimental drug for Alzheimer's called Simuthilum, which is manufactured by Cassava Sciences. And by the way, um, to the makers of these drugs, to the people who come up with these names, could you come up with any harder names to pronounce, you a-holes? It's spelled S-I-M-U-F-I-L-A-M. Simuthilum? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, what the hell? But also, what the hell? They manufactured results to do what? Make money for themselves. Off the backs of one of the most brutal things that people go through? Sounds very familiar over the last two years, actually. And you know, here's here's the part that irritates me with this story, and, and, and color me biased, I guess. But you and I, you and I both know people that have suffered and passed away um, with Parkinson's dementia. Now I know it's not the same thing as Alzheimer's, but a lot of times there's a little bit of cross medication and stuff there. Right. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as, as the story notes, the report noted the implication of the suspected fraudulent work, which, by the way, is they, this company apparently took images from different, um, different types of experiments and spliced them together. <clears throat> it says that it means that hundreds of millions of dollars in taxpayer funds from the National Institute of Health might have been wasted, and the entire scientific field could have been searching in the wrong direction for the last 16 years for a cure to Alzheimer's, since thousands of studies, thousands of studies, were based on this study in question. And it has to do with like how they believe Alzheimer's acts on a cellular level. Basically, the assumption was from this study that that it like clumped together, um, and and I don't want to get into like all 
of the things, but basically, um, it, it, it was all about amploid um, hypotheses, right? Basically, it's that the protein AB clumps, and it's kind of like placking, right, in brain tissue. So plaque on your uh, teeth, right? Um, it acts that way in brain tissue. And that's how we get this devastating illness, right? This was considered the breakthrough of all breakthroughs when it comes to Alzheimer's research. Turns out we might have been searching in the wrong direction for the last 16 years, and these assholes got away with it for 16 years. Now, with that out of the way, Pat, um, I say we have a little fun with the administration. Okay. Uh, good afternoon. I want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. Um, I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. And um, how to say nothing while saying something for 20 seconds brought to you by our vice president. Deep, deep thoughts with Kamala Harris. You know, this is uh, a classic example of uh, something um, she did while she was doing it. And she needs to continue to do it. But because did she it's know what she did did while yeah. she was do and, doing and to do it and, and to do it right or wrong, whichever, whichever way she feels more comfortable doing it with in, in the purview of her duty um, to do it. You said duty. <laughs> <laughs> also, you just made a great 90s song reference to do it, to do it, to do it right, child. Anyway. Um, what in the actual hell? Like, okay, I get it. She's trying to be as progressive as all possible by giving her pronouns. You need to tell us you're a woman in a brown suit when you used she and her for your pronouns. What blue suit. the fudge? It, it, it was a blue suit, not a brown suit. You, right, but you might, she, you might, she dutied. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Never mind. You're right. Yeah, that, that's fair. Besides, what's blue and brown? What's a color? What's a woman? What's a woman? What's a human what, at this point? What's a vice president, by the way? Useless. Which, by the way, I am I am totally in favor of making the president useless again. Because if we actually look at the text of the Constitution, the president has no real actual authority and responsibility other than to make sure the government is functioning. That's it. And to act as the head of state to foreign dignitaries and be the commander in chief. That's it. He has no actual, none of the things that the president of the United States of America does today is actually a thing that they're supposed to do. So I am all for the make the presidency useless again. In, in fairness, though, do we not have a fairly useless presidency as it is? There's a difference between the person occupying the office being useless and the, uh -huh. the office being ah, fair useless. Enough. Fair enough. Speaking of useless. Folks, as we fight inflation, you can't be pro-insurrection and pro-cop. Bringing down gas prices is a big part of the job. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-democracy. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-American. And here's the good news. Gas prices have dropped every day this summer. That's more than 40 days in a row. Donald Trump lacked the courage to act. We now have 40,000 gas stations in the United States where the price of gas is $3.99 or less. The brave women and men in blue all across this nation should never forget that. How do we get the price down? Well, a new report today shows that... <clears throat> what did I just watch? One would think that might be a deep fake or something weird. That is the president of the United States giving two separate speeches on the same day from the exact same location. He, did you also happen to notice he's wearing a different shirt and tie in both of those things? Yeah, because at least the people around him understand that you should probably change up your suit and tie. Um, 
Because that's what I, by the way, I, I batch record a bunch of stuff, by the way, for my real estate business. I will do four videos in one day, right? And all four mm-hmm. of them, I'm wearing something different. I might be wearing the same sport coat, but I changed the, changed the, um, the, the shirt or sh- suit and tie or whatever. That is a very common thing. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, but did you see this is the same person in the same day? Does that look like the same person? Is he acting the same? Is he speaking in the same tone and same manner? Does he have? No. In one of them, he looks under control. He's reading the teleprompter pretty well. You know, he's got the speech down. And then in the other one, he is completely unhinged. He's completely gone. He is off in La La Land somewhere. I mean, even the physical movements, you know, it's like the light bulb is on in one and the light bulb is completely off in the other one. Well, yeah. And I mean, that was my first. That was my first reaction when I when I'm like, okay, why is he acting so different? But it's like it's like he was on autopilot in that second one. Mm -hmm. And he was just reading from a teleprompter, having no clue what the hell he's saying, by the way. All right. So Uh, versus the other one. Um. I hope people understand that this is the president on the same day. You mean to tell me he is not mentally compromised. And I'm not talking about him not being smart or stupid. I am talking about his actual physical capacity mentally. Doesn't have it. Doesn't have it for more than 10 minutes. Speaking of um, declining mental capacity, from a different perspective... Pat, uh, did you hear about this one? Former disgraced CNN host Chris Cuomo is hired. That's right, hired by a new news network. You might be asking who in the hell would hire Chris Cuomo. Well, apparently, apparently. wait for this, News Nation. You know, the the old WGN, right? They kind of rebranded themselves as News Nation. Um, You know that... that, um, that company that said that they were going to be unbiased news-based journalism. So they're desperate. Mm-hmm. They have to be, right? They have yeah. to be desperate for name recognition. Because what part of Chris Cuomo is unbiased? He The literal Nothing. reason he was fired from CNN is because he was so biased towards his brother, he literally used the airwaves and his influence off the airwaves to try to influence a criminal investigation into his own freaking brother. So what Set you're aside really left, is- right, any of those things, he is personally showed to be a biased individual, abusing his position of power, if you will. So what you're really saying is uh, Fredo from um, The Godfather is, uh, well, not even, uh, no, that, that makes it sound too cool. But, but, but Fredo is back. Mm-hmm. Fredo, Fredo is was back. back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. It would be like if we had a Godfather 4 and somehow Fredo came back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert, by the way, Fredo dies. By the way, I still have never seen The Godfather to this day. What the absolute crap, man! It it, it is something there, I there have There are seriously some watch. some man things that you need to uh, man up and watch. Wasn't that? I, I, I've well, never I, seen I, James I, Bond. I don't have. I, I've seen all the James Bond movies, by the way, but I, I don't have it. You don't have what? And it's it's never. I don't have The Godfather, and it's never on any streaming service. <sighs> Moving on, Pat, um, do you have some WTFs? Maybe one or two here because we, we're running low on time. Yes, I've got I've got one for you. Our Lord, President, Savior. No, excuse me. I take that back. Our Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci. How dare you says, blaspheme against him? I know. I, I'm sorry. He says if he would, if he could, if we could do it again. COVID-19 restrictions would be much more stringent. 
Oh, duh. We told you this a thousand times over the last two years. Duh. That's exactly what he believes. He cannot fathom that anything they did during the lockdowns or putting the lockdowns in place. What what measure that they took does, does he believe didn't work? Well, he believes them all also- to have actually worked. And therefore, if we just did it harder, it would have worked better. He, he's also saying we should mask up again in indoor settings and in public places. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Need I say more? The, I, the, speaking of people who should die a fiery death, mm-hmm. if there's anybody that deserves a good tar and feathering and then a criminal trial and then put to death, it is that man. What he did to America, what he did knowingly, despite all other evidence, is unconscionable, especially what he did in recommendation and concert with the CDC to children. He is, in my mind, one of the most evil people we have ever had in public office in American Steve history. Dace, Steve Dace actually described him yesterday as the closest thing America has ever produced in terms of Joseph Mengele. Yeah, I would agree because he still believes that gain-of-function research is a good thing for uh, humanity. What evidence do we have that suggests that messing around with viruses to understand how they, how to, like, we're trying to reverse engineer viruses, right? And I get Mm. that, but creating new ones. Have you never thought through the, we literally have gone, we're going through a global pandemic because of gain of function research. Mm. That should be the consequence that says, oh, hell no, we're putting a stop to that. Nope, nope, nope. Not not to not to Anthony Fauci. Not to the guy who believes still to this day that he got the AIDS epidemic right. Um I got one more for you. <sighs> All right. Aaron Rodgers shows up to training camp dressed as Nick Cage from Conair. Wait, 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 wait. Why is this in the WTF? This is freaking well, awesome are you kidding it, me he I literally has fu money point. and more importantly he don't give a you know what about what other people are thinking about him these days he has literally gone on air and just said whatever he wants and done whatever he wants this is awesome dude this is fantastic he's like yeah you know what i'm gonna show up as a character from a movie because i want to and what are you going to do about it Look, 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 I'm, I'm not saying that there aren't things to be respected about Aaron Rodgers. And, and I like his I don't give a crap mentality. I, I, I do. I do. And I respect him as a player. I'm just saying he's a weird dude. And I guess I just don't understand why. So this has been his tradition for going on almost 20 years now, Pat. What? Yeah, he does this every time he shows up to training camp. He shows up as a different uh, he might dress as a character from a movie, or he might uh, dress in some sort of weird garb, right? He does this every training camp. And then th- when they go on a road trip, the offensive line himself, basically the entire offense now, it used to just be the offensive line in Aaron Rodgers, they dress up in some sort of theme on a road trip. Usually it's cowboy themed or, you know, some some hilarious dress. I, I, I feel like you're just because you have like a man crush on, no, on Iron Rock. Look, I think it I no. Um <laughs> but dude, God forbid somebody has a little bit of fun. What are you the fun police True. over there, Pat? <sighs> Mormons, it's, I tell you. Of of all but of all things, Nick Cage from Conair, of all things. Does he or does he not look like Nick Cage from Conair? 
That's I mean that's true. That, that is a fair that's point. That's the but point. Still. <laughs> he is so self-aware. He knows that hey, by the way, I should do this. Now, I've argued, dude, cut your freaking hair. It's annoyingly well, yeah. stupid. So what? He's having some fun. Nobody's being harmed by him looking like Nick Cage from Con Air. I I just because because WTF stories to me are are not necessarily just serious stories, but they they can be funny stuff too. And this was funny, right? But it's and not WTF time, like, to me. It's just funny. It's hilarious. Yeah. Like the WTF would be if he actually actually sounded like Nick Cage in his first interview or showed up to the podium for his first interview of the season dressed as Nick Cage, talking like Nick Cage, and then bringing Nick Cage up on stage. That would be the WTF moment. In fact, if I were Aaron Rodgers, that's exactly what I would have done. I would have I would have said, hey, Nick Cage, I'll give you a million dollars. Show up <laughs> in your Con Air garb, stand next to me, and then you give me or give the uh, answers to the, the interview as me. That would have been hilariously WTF. I mean, why not just fully lean into it? He probably didn't think that far ahead, unfortunately. I'm sure. Somebody probably yeah. around him was like, dude, you look like Nick Cage from Con Air. And then he just went with it. I guarantee you that's what happened. Uh, th- he is one weird dude. That That is for sure. One weird dude. He is the anti-Brett Favre. Let's just put it that way. That, yeah, that, that's actually a great way to describe him. Yep. And with that, Pat, uh, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And I learned that Andrew Coppins has a man crush on Aaron Rodgers because I want to. You want to lie. Please be smart. <laughs> be safe. Be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.